Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Being new to the podcasting game, I was worried about my analytics. The analytics tell you who's listening and how many people are listening, and it even breaks it down into demographics. And to my dismay, I realized I was missing a demographic. No one under the age of 17 had listened to my podcast. So I reached out to two of the coolest below 17ers that I know, my niece, Jewel, and my nephew, Brack. I sent them a text and said, hey, how about you hook some of your friends up with my podcast? Jewel immediately responded that she would. Later, she sent back a text that said, it is awesome. Brack sent me a text that said, I'm going to send this out to the boys, and you spell that B-O-I-S, and see if I can get them attached to your podcast. Later on, I got a text from Brack that said he and his friend Alex had binged my podcast and listened to all the available episodes. And then he added, and Alex and I would like to offer you some advice if you're willing to take it. You need to seriously consider investing in a pop filter. Shows you how much I know about using recording equipment. I didn't even know what a pop filter was. I did a little research and I bought this black mesh looking thing that has now turned my Rode USB mini microphone into something that looks like Darth Vader. So this is the first episode of the podcast using the Brack and Alex pop filter. Thanks guys for the info and I hope that whatever was offending you without the pop filter has now gone away. Let's get down to business. I became a serious frog hunter in the summer of 1984. I was a youth minister in Alexander City, Alabama, and my girl that I was going to marry lived in Velvet Ridge, Arkansas. This is before the internet. This is before cell phones. There's no texting. There's no emailing. There's a phone attached to a wall. The receiver of the phone is attached to the phone attached to the wall via a long curly cord, and you had to stay within the the parameter of that cord to talk and you could only call after certain times at night because AT&T and MCI charged 10 cents a minute for long distance phone calls. It's the same principle they're using now to charge you for data because it didn't cost them anything for you to call long distance. It doesn't cost them anything for you to use data, but they're going to charge you for it anyway. But behold, I digress. In order to keep myself busy in the long summer nights, some fellas and I started hunting frogs. We called ourselves the Frog Busters. Yes, I am a charter member of the Frog Busters of America, and I am the recipient, the first recipient of the coveted Purple Gig Award. We would chase the frogs in some really dark and woolly places. I remember lying on my back in a flat bottom boat and pulling myself like I was climbing upside down through a culvert to access a particular slough where we could hear the frogs chirping in the background. Alabama has several species of frogs. The most popular ones to be hunted are the bullfrog, the big green guys, the leopard frog, the greenish-brown guys with stripes on their legs, and the pig frog. They sort of have a pointy nose, and their webbing goes all the way to the end of their toes, where a bullfrog's toe will extend past the webbing. I've been a frog hunter. Ever since then, 
I've killed frogs by shooting them, by gigging them, by wading chest deep in the waters of Indiana and catching them by hand. We've even caught them using a little silver hook wrapped in black thread and the ends cut off to make it look like a fly. We've spent lots of nights out in swampy, nasty areas chasing the frogs. I remember fishing with a guy in Florida one time and we put his bass boat into some really deep areas. It was covered with cattails and overhanging branches and weeds and moss in the water. He proudly looked at me and said, I bet you've never seen anything like this in Alabama. I said, nope, not in the daylight. One night, Lonnie Beth and I came home from catching frogs. Yes, that's right. My daughter went frog hunting with me. She'd never been interested in hunting any large game, but she would always go with me when I would go frog hunting. On this particular night, we had an, a, a very good night, and we'd kill lots of frogs, and we were later than we wanted to be, and with worship services the next morning, I made a hasty decision to just separate the frogs from their legs, skin the legs, cut off the feet, put the legs in a bowl, fill it with water, salt it down, and dispense with everything else later. I grabbed the remaining parts of the frogs, wrapped them in a plastic bag, twisted it shut, and dropped it in the big green trash can. It's Saturday night. After all, the trash truck will come Monday morning. How bad can it get? It can get real bad. By mid-Sunday afternoon, the heat, the temperature, and the chemical reaction of decaying frogs was almost unbearable. I took one of those bottles of the spray stuff that you put on your clothes when you deer hunt to eliminate your scent and dumped it into the trash can, hoping to hold at bay the toxic smell that was coming from my trash can. Monday morning, while holding my breath, I rolled the trash can out to the street and thought I was done with frogs. Monday afternoon, I came home, and my trash can is sitting beside the basketball goal, and the lid is open. I thought, that's odd. And as I walked toward the trash can to investigate, I got within a certain perimeter that we will call the toxic zone, ground zero, or the scent cone, and involuntarily threw up in my driveway. Please remember that I have been a police chaplain for a number of years. I have been on the scene of some very horrible things. I have seen lots of things, and I have field-dressed lots of animals. I do not have a weak stomach. I walked to the house, washed my mouth out with the water hose, walked back toward the green trash can, and when I got within ground zero, I threw up again. This was ridiculous. I went to the truck. I opened up my toolbox and pulled out my gas mask. Donning my gas mask, a pair of large rubber boots, and rubber gloves up to my elbows, I carefully approached the trash can. What I found was both appalling, mesmerizing, and disgusting. Apparently, when you separate a frog from his legs, it does not kill him. As a word of caution, if the nuclear power plant ever melts down and the large frogs start coming into town, they will make Godzilla look like a warm, soft puppy. An adult bullfrog will eat anything that will fit in his mouth. And apparently they are indestructible because you can shoot them, you can gig them, you can catch them, you can spear them, you can trap them, and they have the ability to still move and crawl around. So what I found in the bottom of my trash can was where the frogs had crawled through a plastic bag, 
had drugged themselves all around the bottom of my trash can and due to the heat had melted and adhered to it. Dumping the trash by the trash truck had no effect in removing the frogs from my trash can. I went into the house. I got a bottle of dish detergent. I got a pressure sprayer for my hose and I got a shovel. I laid the trash can on its side, dumped the joy in, sprayed the water on, and started scraping frogs out with a shovel. Then I realized I've got a problem. I've got all these frogs I don't know what to do with, and just putting them in a bag in a trash can is probably not going to be your answer. And then I remembered I had these retired coolers, the little cylindrical coolers with the twist on tops. I had one of those that the uh, dispensing valve had dry rotted, and it was just lying around in my trailer just collecting air. I got this thing, and I shoveled the frogs up, put them in it, twisted the top on this little cooler, and walked it out to the, to the edge of the yard, put it under the mailbox, hoping that later on the other garbage truck would haul them away. I go back to cleaning out my trash can. I'm wearing knee-high boots, elbow-length gloves, in a gas mask, and it's July. That's when I noticed the little red truck. There's a little red truck that visits my neighborhood, much like Fred Sanford did in the old sitcom. He's a junk man. But rather than calling him the junk man, we'll call him Fred Sanford, because what he does is he drives around the neighborhoods and sees the things that people have left and, and, and collects them. This little red pickup truck stopped by the frog cooler. He reached his hand out, leaned over, and grabbed it, and was pulling the cooler into the truck. I thought I needed to warn him, and I began to shout and run toward him. If you've ever seen a guy in the middle of July in knee-high boots, elbow-length gloves, and a gas mask running towards your truck, what would you do? He did what any sensible person would do. He sped off, but not before he pulled the frog bucket in with him. He's never returned to our neighborhood. I believe I am responsible solely for the death of Fred Sanford. Undoubtedly, he got off on some empty country road somewhere and thought, I wonder why that guy was so upset, and he unsealed the frog bucket of doom. I think it's important to note that if you're sitting anywhere and a guy runs towards you wearing a gas mask, it's probably frightening. It probably looks like the guy's insane. It's probably looked like he's on something. But maybe the guy running towards you in the gas mask is trying to tell you that there's something unpleasant. Maybe the guy running towards you in a gas mask is trying to warn you not to open the box. Maybe the guy running towards you in the gas mask is trying to protect you. Maybe the guy running towards you in the gas mask is telling you if you drag that into the cab of your truck, if you put that into your lap, if you hold it in your bosom and you choose to open that container, you choose to open yourself up to what the container contains. And there's some things you don't want to open your life to. There are some things you want to keep sealed away from you and sealed away from your family. Don't open the container unless you're willing to accept what the container contains. See, sometimes the guy running towards you in the gas mask, as scary and as unpleasant as he may be, 
is telling you if you pull that container into your life, you also pull what's inside that container. I used to say that everything you say yes to is something else you say no to. But in reality, everything you say yes to represents a lot of other things that you say yes to. If you say yes to dishonesty, if you say yes to disobedience, if you say yes to disorderly conduct, if you say yes to all kinds of things, you're saying yes to the things that go along with them. It's not a perfect analogy, but if you don't want the dead frogs, don't open the container the frogs are in. You may not know that the dead frogs are in there, but somebody who looks really scary, somebody that you may not even know, somebody that you may not even trust, knows something you don't know, has seen something you can't see, and he's trying to warn you. Be careful what you bring into your life. See, if you pull the container in, you also get what is inside the container. If you don't want to see the dead frogs, don't open the cooler. Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones. Cognitive Spiritual Development, a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem. Grappling with Life, Controlling Your Inside Space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense. If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. And then The Selfish Reel, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. Thank you.